Welcome to a Fork on the Road show. I am travel guru Mark DiCarlo, and to my right, the lovely and talented traveling diva Yeni Alvarez. We are in Puerto Rico bringing you Sam Brown from Travel Channel. We're bringing you the walking food tours with Carolyn Johnson and Funny Space Kids. Funny Space Kids right here in San Juan, Puerto Rico, where it is sticky and hot and fantastic because when the weather's like this, nothing tastes better than a mojito. Now, are you mad as a Cuban woman that the Puerto Ricans have stolen your drink? They haven't stolen anything. I'm drinking, I'm drinking a mojito here in San Juan. You know what? It's okay. We can share. Puerto Ricans and Cubans are very similar. Our foods are similar. Our rhythm of speaking is similar. Uh, our, our music is, yeah, same thing. Salsa. Okay, but it's not an island ruled by a crazy guy with a beard. If you're listening to this... You probably would like to win some cool travel things. Yes, well, and if you do, follow Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and tweet us your funny picture or video to and to be entered to win at, uh, a trip, all-expense-paid trip, to Cleveland, Ohio for the fabulous food show. And it really is. November 13th through the 15th, you'll win a hotel room, VIP tickets, and a $400 Orbitz travel coupon that'll get you from wherever you are to Cleveland and... Here's the best part. You will be special guests on our live remote broadcast from the Fabulous Food Show as we talk about your goofy pictures and videos <laughs> and all the fun you have on the road. So that contest ends at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, November 6th. We're Which gonna... is around the corner, so you got to hurry. Well, it could be past the corner. If you're listening to this months afterwards, you missed then out. Sorry. Yeah, you missed out on a great trip. But uh, you can do that by following me at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and... Uh, Mark DiCarlo it... TV on Instagram, too. And the most retweeted and liked photo will win the trip. So enter as many times as you like, and hopefully we will see you in Cleveland, where we're going to be doing our next remote show. But right now, we are in beautiful... Puerto Rico. So, now, Puerto Rico is very similar in geography and kind of mojo to Cuba, or is Cuba different? They're, they're very close, a couple hundred miles apart. It's an apart. island but in the Caribbean. A, right. It's very, very similar. Well, you've been to Cuba... And you've and now you've. To Puerto Rico. What are the big differences? You know what? There's not many. Uh, there's signature dishes in both countries, and the one here, the one we got a chance to try, the mofongo. Oh, was that good? And we're going to be talking more about the, the Puerto Rican food later in the show with the leader of Spoon Tours. Her name is Carolyn Johnson. We're also going to be talking to Space Kids from the Arecibo Observatory. But first up, one of our favorite people on the planet, Samantha Brown, and we're going to be talking to her someplace. You've never seen her before. Her house. Her very own house. Samantha Brown's got a new show on the Travel Channel, and we're going to learn all about it. Hi. I do have one. <laughs> How many days a year do you spend in your own domicile? I probably spend at least 180 days in my own in my own domicile. But now I'm worried. I, I think maybe might see things that are incriminating. And I realize I still have Christmas decorations that I haven't put away from last year. <laughs> right back there. Well, if you leave them out long enough, they come back into style. Exactly. I'm right once a year. Just leave them out. Okay. Are those videotapes? Another boxes. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's got Betamax. So your new show just premiered this month, Fifty Fifty. What a great idea. Tell us about it. So uh, my, uh, myself and my co-host, uh, Chris Grundy, we ambush people on the street and if we like you, we start, you know, questions, like little questions like, hey, do you like to travel? How often do you get to travel? You know, mm -hmm. and if we get a good feeling, good vibe, we will take you on a 50 hour trip worth $50,000. The only catch 
is that you have to drop everything and leave with us immediately. Literally, we have a car there waiting. We need to get to your place and pack. You have 10 minutes to pack a bag, grab your passport if we're going somewhere international, and then we are on a plane. So people have to make calls to their boss, to their uh, their dog sitter, their their parents to see if they can come in to take care of the, uh, the children. And uh, it is just a whirlwind trip of fun. And uh, we've been all over. Um, we, we do domestic uh, destinations as well as international. Wow. Wow. What a great, what a great way to start your day. You're walking now. Don't, but don't people recognize you and know something's up when they see you? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I get called out. Or what's really nice is that the boss that they have to call, who they have to call, knows me. And so they understand that it's legit, you know, because right. I think a lot of it is just really, I mean, really, you're really going to the boss the truth. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, the cameras are on them and the boss hopefully is going to watch the show. So they've, they've got to be somewhat truthful. Has anybody ever said no? Oh, a lot of people say no. Really? A lot. No. Yeah. Oh, how sad. To a free $50,000 trip. Exactly. I mean, my goodness. With and Sam Brown. Uh, I mean, you're not going with that other guy that eats bugs. You're no, going with Sam Brown. Andrew, no, and that's important, too, that you have to make sure that you enjoy their company because there's nothing worse than being in a great place with a piece of crap person. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so far, we've done a good job, but Grundy and I have um, known now what questions to ask them. Our questions have become a little more uh, pointed in a way of determining what their personality is. And I can say that um, we, like, actually, if you're like, hey, would you go on a 50-hour trip? And they're like, yeah, of course. I would love to go. I can do it. Yeah, I can drop everything. Sometimes we'll be like, okay, thank you. Just, you know, we'll, you know, we'll keep you in mind. But we love the people who are a bit reticent, who kind of don't, know what this weekend is going to be. Um, we love that. We love really disrupting people's lives um, mm -hmm. in a big way. And so we just uh, make sure that they're the type of people who we know we're going to have, th there's going to be some challenges. You know, there's going to be, um, it's not just going to be easy for these people. This is going to be um, a, a, a tremendous amount of fun. And travel should disrupt your life. I mean, that's the whole point of being someplace else is interacting with different cultures and coming back a different person, right? You don't want to, yeah. it should be disruptive. I, I totally agree. And I think that's why this is such a powerful uh, travel show because it does show the power of travel to disrupt our lives in the best way possible. And that you can quite literally change your life in two days. And travel is one of the very few things we have in our lives that enable us to do that. So let's do it more. So I think it's a great lesson when people watch the show, like, you know, okay, these two people might not ambush me, but why can't we go on a quick trip and just do something fun and spontaneous and and learn some lessons that we learned from the show? Maybe $50,000 less, but, um, <laughs> you know, hey, well, why can't we do this for ourselves? But, you know, I mean, as you know, uh, both of you, travel travel just is just one of the greatest, um, greatest, the greatest things we have in life to I really market. It an escape. Yes. Yeah. Go away and leave everything behind and just it's a brand new place, brand new people, great new stories. That's that's why I travel. And it's also state. humanizing. It's easy to hate someone from the other side of the world because you don't know them. But when you're sitting in their house having dinner that they're booby made, now mm -hmm. they're suddenly an individual. And I, I think it's a great way to build bridges across cultures and really open up people's minds. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, the last trip we were on was in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Tell and me about that. We went to the Persian Gulf. Now, for the last 15 years of my life, the only time I have ever heard the Persian Gulf mentioned, it's usually in a bad sense. There's usually something really 
not very good going on over there. And yet you get there and it is this beautiful body of water. There's sailboats and, 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 you know, tourism boats and it's a gorgeous coastline. And it just gives you, it just, it just struck me. I'm like, my goodness, this is an absolutely beautiful place where people vacation. And yet, you know, so just being there for 20 minutes undid like 10 years of nightly newscasts, you know? So, but, um, you know, that was an amazing destination. We actually partnered with the Today Show. We ambushed people on Rockefeller Center and took them to Abu Dhabi. And our surprise guest was Al Roker. So it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a pretty momentous trip. What Um, is Al like to travel with? Does he wear a Speedo? Yes. And (laughs) Awesome. No, um, no, he is great. And what a professional. I mean, you know, we have a red eye flight and there is no waiting. He gets up, he gets out, washed up, and we go directly to his live broadcast on the Today Show where he has to then sit there for three hours being present, being coherent. And, you know, we got breaks, but he was on camera immediately as we got off a 14-hour flight. I mean, there's nothing like watching someone who just knows what they are doing. And then when the cameras are off, just as amiable, just as knowledgeable as you would imagine him as he's on camera. So we, we had a great time with him. Had either of you been there before? To Abu Dhabi? No, no, I've, ne- I've never been anywhere in the Middle East. And so for me, it was um, a really special destination in that sense because I would love to spend more time in the Middle East. When you talk about going to cultures that people, people may fear. Um, just and that's totally a totally foreign culture. I mean, especially oh. as a blonde woman, you must have exactly. stuck out. Thank, yes, oh, blonde. Thank you, Mark. That's <laughs> so I'm, always, I'm always impressed when people call me blonde. Thank you. Um, it's a lot of money, this hair. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, but there's, there's actually, it's Abu Dhabi as well as Dubai, which is next door, about 45 minutes. I mean, they're very international cities. Mm-hmm. So you actually see more expats and internationals than you do um, Emiratis. And, and, you know, and for me, that was almost the only downside to being there is that it's such an international city. I was like, well, where I, I really want to get the most I can out of being in this culture. And you still can, but you have to find pockets of it. It's not just all pervasive. So. And what has and what- been the craziest story that you can tell us about doing the show with these strangers? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think, let's see. Huh. Something must have happened in Abu Dhabi. You t- who, who went? What, what, who were the contestants or the, the Americans that went with you to Abu Dhabi? So they were in the they were in the audience, and they actually had met each other in the line to get into the Rockefeller Center area where we were having our sort of contest. You're kidding! They, a guy met, and a girl. Yep, they met for the very first time, um, and we decided, they, and they kind of paired up as a couple because we needed couples. We picked three, and they had to then compete on the Today Show to go to Abu Dhabi, which is very different from our normal show, how we shoot it. We basically ambush people, and they come with us. There's no there's no competition there. But um, but they had met um, just right there. Now, and also, we had another couple who we saw her, and so we went to ambush her. And she's like, well, no, I have to meet this guy for the first time. We, we have a business meeting. We're like, well, who are you meeting? And she's like, I think it's him. So we called him out. And we started a conversation with both of them. And they're like, well, how about you complete this meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming? And they just and they had not met. And they decided to go with us as well. So it's like um, a dating game. It's a dating game. And One it, room or two for them. Oh, it's a two, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there was no, yeah. Uh, I think he was um, going to be uh, engaged soon. Uh-huh. And Roker up- just took turns sleeping in all the different rooms? <laughs> <laughs> with his video. 
Well, I think the the couple who we took to Abu Dhabi, they got the palace suite at the Emirati Palace Hotel, which is one of the most expensive, most luxurious hotels ever built. And uh, and it was, oh my goodness, it was bigger than like a Bed Bath & Beyond. I mean, it was just huge. Oh, oh, wow. And so while they, they shared a suite, there was probably 10 rooms in that suite. So, you know. <laughs> and, and your trips, these trips on 50-50... Uh, which is on the Travel Channel, you're spending $50,000 in 50 hours. 50 hours, yeah. And you'd be amazed how fast that goes because we're paying for first-class tickets mm-hmm. uh, last minute. So we you know, ambushed a couple in Salt Lake City and took them to the outback of Australia, and their tickets alone were $20,000. I mean, so it, I mean, it can go quickly in the sense of transportation and in hotels. And one thing about the show that I always – try to make a point of is that it really isn't a show about over-the-top luxury and that's what means a lot to me this is a show where we get to know the culture as much as we can in 50 hours but we really try to show what happens on an everyday basis there that is really special this is not lifestyles of the rich and famous this is not about being totally unattainable travel um this is these are things that you would absolutely want to do if you had more time there and we're just able to get there quicker and in style and these people are lucky because they're traveling with arguably the world's greatest concierge. You've been oh, everywhere. everywhere. You've yeah. done everything. And what a great way into a strange place, you know, to be your your wingman. Yeah, well, I mean, lucky people. People are going to be flocking, looking for Sam Brown everywhere. See, where is she now? Let's go. Let's go stand next to right, her. Just kind See of shadow her us. around. And exactly. say no when she asks, do yes. you want to go? Yeah, play hard to get. That's <laughs> yeah. what we should do. Yeah, we'll That's just go good. stand outside her house. I <laughs> see. I would have failed. I would have said yes immediately. Yeah, you got to play hard to get. Oh, I don't know, Yanni. I think I would take you in a second. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's an enthusiasm we're also going for. I mean, there's there's a lot we're looking at. But I would say we had a few people who were just a little too cool for school, and we're like, yeah, we'd rather be with people who we just want to enjoy fifty hours with. So it really does come down to who Grundy and I would love to spend because we're with each other the entire time. I mean, in cars and planes. Um, you know, I mean, maybe aside from like, you know, checking into our hotel room at night, the next morning, it's like 5 a.m. We're back. So we definitely want to have a great time with these people as well. What a great show. The show is called 5050. When is it on, Sam? Uh, Sundays at 7 p.m. Perfect. Well, yes. Samantha Brown, thank you so much for joining us on A Fork on the Road. I hope we run into you down the road sometime soon. Yeah, standing right next to you. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. And and I don't know you, so maybe I can take the two of you now. We don't know each other. Never no, saw right. you before in my life. I don't know who you are. Cute little hot blonde. No, never seen her before. Bon no. voyage, mon ami. Yay. <laughs> take care. She's delightful. She's awesome. Everybody loves her. She is. She's fun, too. She When I first saw her on television, I just figured she was this kind of like goody two-shoes person that wouldn't be really fun to hang out because with. Because you're a grumpy old man. No. Just because, you know, she seems so nice, you, you think, oh, jeez. Nobody could be that not, nice in real no, life. No, no, no. Just because you're not that nice doesn't mean that she can't be. No, you she haven't met people. Fantastic. You, really? You haven't met people who on television or on the radio seem like they're super nice, and then you meet them in person, they're total garbage? We are not going to talk about that. But there are people like that, right? I'm sure there are. Okay, we know, and I'm not even going to say who they are, but we, we've, <laughs> we've met plenty of them. And, and Sam is just as, she's more delightful in person. She's awesome. Imagine her walking up to you on the street and taking you to Dubai. That would be great. I wouldn't go to Dubai with anybody else because you know what? If the shit goes down in Dubai... You want to be there with Samantha Samantha Brown. And who are they going to go after first? The little blonde girl. I got track shoes on. I get away. I run fast. 
That's horrible. She probably has. She's worth the most on the open market, I would think. Oh, that just. They would make. They would make her a queen. They're not gonna make me a queen. Well, unless you ask them to. Oh, that doesn't fly in Saudi Arabia at all. Thanks, Sam, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Now we're in Puerto Rico. Yes. If you had to pick your top four favorite places that we've been and done here in Puerto Rico, what would they be? Number one, Placita Santurce at uh, the Jose Enriquez restaurant where we had poppers, carne frita, cangrejo. Oh, and homemade ice cream. The best one was ginger lime. And then you also have, of course, the favorites, which are guava and dulce de leche, but that ginger lime ice cream. And where where is Placita Santurce? Placita Santurce is right next to... um, What area? The Condado. Okay, which is near Old Town. It's very near Old Town. You would have to still drive there, but we're staying at the Marriott Stellaris Casino and Resort, and we could basically walk there. And there's this beautiful well, art on the way. We did walk there. You just don't like walking. It was it was a I, quarter mile. I don't like walking when I'm in heels, but thankfully I brought my comfortable shoes, and I was able to enjoy the beautiful art uh, right under the bridge as you walk to Placita Santurce, and it was. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. So that's at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I liked the Guayavate. How do you say? Guavate. Guavate. It's, the Pork Highway, of course, it figures. It's just, it's a in the middle of the jungle. You drive, it's like a half hour out of San Juan. You get there and it's, it's like a giant tailgate party with pigs on spits. And everyone there, if you're vegetarian, don't go. Yeah, that's not the place where Because you'll just spoil everyone's fun. You, you don't want to go there. Everything has pork. Yeah. Pork tamales, pork tostones, blood sausage. They have rice and beans, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they put pork stuff in it. I also like the Bioluminescent Bay, um, which is a, a, a weird... Uh, it doesn't happen a lot of places on Earth, but you go there... You, first of all, you're paddling out in, in kayaks at night, which for me is very frightening because I don't like the water. And, and there's stuff glowing in the water. It's like Avatar. Up in the water. Yeah. It's freaky. It's lit up. When you move the water, it lights up because of the bacteria in it. And it's... I uh, wanted to jump in, but Mark wouldn't let me. It's very peaceful, too. You're kayaking in the middle of the night. It's hot and warm, and uh, I love that. How about you? What else? The Arecibo. The world's biggest single aperture telescope is in Puerto Rico, the uh, Arecibo uh, Observatory. It's a National Science Foundation location. It's where they shot the um, Jodie Foster movie Contact. We went there. We got a tour with three fantastic... Uh, the most amazing scientists you ever want to meet. And they were they were younger than we are. Yeah, they looked like they, looked like they were <laughs> ultimate Frisbee players. They did not look like scientists. Uh, uh, Dr. Patrick Taylor, who's a uh, PhD in astronomy. Uh, Edgar Riviera Valentin, who's a PhD in space and planetary sciences. And Andrew Seymour, who's a PhD in physics. They each study their own thing. But when a scientist discovers an asteroid or a meteor that's going to crash into Earth and kill us hundreds of years in the future, the place they're going to discover it is Arecibo. Yeah, they're going to save the Earth. These three guys are going to save the Earth. Right, and if they don't do it, the kids that we talk to will. We talked to uh, six kids, high school kids, who were there on a summer internship program. We'll get to them in a minute, but first, whenever you go someplace and you come home, the first thing people ask you is, what'd you eat? Yep, food. It's all about the food. Mm-hmm. So how do we find the best places to eat in Puerto Rico? You take a tour mm-hmm. with uh, Carolyn Johnson from Spoon Tours. Let's break down the different areas that uh, people can visit, and you can kind of maybe give us a, the lowdown on the types of food that are there and the actual places to go. 
in Old Town San Juan? For breakfast, um, very, very traditional thing to eat here is a Mallorca, pan de Mallorca. It's a bread that originally uh, comes over from Spain. Traditionally, in the past, it was made with lard. Now it's a little less, I mean, lard is delicious, don't get me wrong, but it yes, scares it a lot of people. We're huge fans of lard. <laughs> so people want butter, right? So it's made with butter now. It's a brioche-like bread. And here we, even when you put savory elements in it, when you put ham and cheese in it, you still cover it in powdered sugar. So that's a Mallorca is something you have to try while you're here. And there's a, a local place that's been there for ages. It's called Cafeteria Mallorca. Go there and uh, definitely have a pan de Mallorca. You, you know, it's, it's the, that vibe, that kind of, you know, if, you know, New York City, that kind of vibe, um, the cashier, you know, you see every day. That sort of thing. It's a very, very local place with delicious pastries. And then on the other end of the spectrum, a little bit more contemporary, um, sweet, but still uh, they have breakfast offerings. They have lunch offerings as well. There's a great place called Casa Cortez Choco Bar. And it's a chocolate restaurant, actually. They do have things like chocolate French toast. They have lunch offerings like... Um, chocolate you know, the- lunch? Chocolate lunch, yeah. It's, chocolate uh, is it's- good for you. It- chocolate is good for you. It's good for the soul. Uh, and, you know, dark chocolate, good for the heart. And it gives you that happy a, hormone. Happy hormone, exactly. They grow the uh, the chocolate in the Dominican Republic and in Puerto Rico. And the family that own that restaurant say their two passions are art and chocolate. So there's an art gallery upstairs. Can you eat the paintings? Are they made of chocolate? Uh, you can't, but the snozberries might taste like snozberries. <laughs> if you're going to have one dinner in Old Town and you want to get Puerto Rican cuisine, the best, the, where, where the locals eat, where would you go? I'm not going to answer with just one. Because that would seem unfair to a lot of the local businesses. Because um, there are so many good options. If you were going to go for fish, I'd recommend La Cueva del Mar. And the, it's family owned and the family has relationships with a lot of local fishermen, which is very important. So you're uh, getting the very freshest fish. Yes. So I would recommend that. That's a lot of locals go. And that was delicious. We, we had a yeah. really nice meal there. If you want something high-end, a very popular restaurant is Marmalade. An American chef cooking there, actually. He is a transplant as well, has lived here a long time. Uh, more continental-style dining, but very good as well. Um, if you want to try something very, very popular that's popular with tourists and locals alike, Ibarito is very popular. You can get carne frita, which is like a fried pork chunks there. Mm. Um, and that's going to be very, very good. Um, as well as the tra- traditional mofongo. You can't avoid having a mofongo when you're in Puerto Rico. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of like gumbo in New Orleans. Every place you go seems to have their own spin on mofongo. I had a dog follow me home a few months ago. He's now named mofongo, so I can't, <laughs> I can't avoid mofongo at all, try as I might. And you don't know what comedy is until you're, you're chasing your dog down, down the beach screaming mofongo. Everybody thinks that I'm going to have a cooler and be selling it. And when in reality, I just wanted to stop chasing other dogs. <laughs> we walked to Placita Santurce. And along the way, under the bridge, there was this incredible art. Yes, yes. So La Placita de Santurce is a, it's an old fruit market. It's built in 1857. And it's, it's, still, it's still a functioning fruit market during the day. And at night, it opens up into this bustling um, hub of nightlife and activity. And there are some phenomenal restaurants there. It was like uh, a college party. People were just walking around drinking and socializing. Old people, young people. They were dancing in the streets. Live music. It was it was really unclubbish. That is one of the best parts of Puerto Rico. I think the, the, the best part about living here is how warm the people are and how inclusive the culture is, is that there is a mix. There There isn't a distinction, a grand distinction between age, um, or even um, something something as simple as um, or as com- maybe as complex as um, 
um, gay bars. Sometimes you'll ask, where are the gay bars? And people will say, ah, you know, everybody just kind of mixes together. That's something that's very true of this, of this society. People are all intermingled and intermixed, and it's a very beautiful thing. And La Placita is a great example of that. Um, you can go and, um, you know, put your name in for Jose Enrique, which is a great restaurant there. Which we went um, there. And by the way, they have this homemade ice cream. It was ginger lime ice cream, one of them incredible because everybody in puerto rico makes their own ice cream yeah it's hot it's insane everything's so good it's like homemade just made for you it it was i can't say enough about uh jose enrique and about the the ice cream making culture absolutely and one of the best parts is how um down to earth that establishment is it's um it's you know it's in an old pink house and you wouldn't know how phenomenal the cooking is there and how wonderful the chef is there. If you're going to drive somewhere to find a foodie and cultural adventure, where's the next stop? The Pork Highway. Need I say more? You know, it's the- <laughs> and it's in the middle of nowhere. And it has yeah. nothing to do with guava? It, no. It, it's, Guavate is um, it's, uh, home of the uh, La Ruta de Lechon. So mm. Lechon is whole roasted pig. Yes. Um, and it is one of the specialties of Puerto Rico. I'm very familiar with it. I'm Cuban. So, yeah, we make our pigs at home, too. Cantina-style dining. um, Very simple places, but stand after stand of phenomenally, perfectly roasted whole pig. Um, And then other specialties, like you can get pasteles. You can get um, some of the root vegetables. Pasteles, by the way, are tamales. Yes, very, very similar. It reminded Um, me in layout, kind of like the midway of a state or a county fair, except here in America... The stuff that people are buying to eat are funnel cakes and deep-fried Snickers and deep-fried Oreos. In Guavate, the, it's just delicious pork. Pork. It's Don't, go there. Pork. Don't yeah. go there looking for like a vegetarian oh, no. sandwich. No, no. No, no, absolutely not. I, whenever uh, tourists ask me um, if they should go there and they have, you know, the vegetarian proclivities, I tell them that that is not the part of town for them. No. Because it is uh, – you're going to get longanisa, which is a sausage. You're going to get morcilla, which is a blood sausage. All of these um, very typical sausages. You're going to get patata, which is a, the sweet potato here that we eat here. And the rice and beans is going to have pork in it. And, you know, it's just it's just delicious. It's uh, you, you kind of have to waddle after you go visit Guava. Yeah, and you're, it's, it's a drive. It's like 45 minutes outside of Old Town. And there's literally nothing else around there. There's also nothing like it. Right. Ever. Anywhere. Where, where else is there a pork highway? Well, Visit Memphis is here. sort of a pork highway. <laughs> you know, if you're there on Beale Street, all those great barbecue places. But the structures are a little more permanent. This was really uh, another great place to kind of meet and mix. A lot of tourists there, but also a lot of local chefs. Almost like a big tailgate party. Uh, yeah, and you know, if you want that feel, but you want that feel closer to the city, um, and you don't want to drive, the drive is absolutely beautiful. You're going to be driving up into the mountains. But something that's closer to the city, there's a part of town called Piñones. And Piñones is, is oddly, it's behind the airport, but it's absolutely beautiful, unspoilt land. And the tradition there you're getting are fritters. So you're going to get the same sort of stand vibe happening uh, where you get people walking around and stopping for a beer here, stopping for a coconut there. But it's all... Um, the the center or the focus is fritters, so fried food, which are a huge component of Puerto Rican cuisine. Yeah. Um, so it, you could do something called a chinchorreo, which is where you stop for a beer here, you stop for uh, something to eat here, maybe you stop for the next place you get an alcapuria, mm. which is a very traditional um, dish here. It's a, another fried dish filled with you know meat or crab 
delicious stuff. Um, so piñones is something else that I would recommend. Fun, especially on the weekends. On a Sunday, Sundays are huge in Puerto Rico. You're going to get people going out with their families after church. So guavate, big on a Sunday. Piñones, big on a Sunday as well. We stayed a couple days in Fajardo, the kind of high-end resort area of Puerto Rico. Went to a great place called La Estación. Yes. yes. Yeah, La Estación, the... Uh, the chef there is named Kevin Roth and his wife, Idalia Garcia. They're, they're amazing. Uh, love them. And their food is tremendous. That's so, where I had the, the whole fish. Yes. They're yes. really fun, great people. They kind of escaped the hustle and bustle of New York City, and now they grow their own food, and they make it in this great restaurant. The restaurant um, used to be a gas station, and it's been converted um, uh, into a restaurant with a really cool, reclaimed wood kind of 1960s vibe retro gas station vibe um kevin the chef he also built it he 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 took the time and got the wood and built that with his own two hands so that restaurant is um a piece of them in a in a, in a large way um they got a sick of i guess new york city in that in that that pace and they came down here and lived the dream. Idalia, she's a New Yorican. So New Yorican is the term for a um, New York Puerto Rican. A New York Puerto Rican, exactly. Um, and they kind of that's the the approach that they they use with their food. They cook. They're cooking as much as they can locally sourced ingredients, um, and, and putting a kind of a New Yorican spin on it. And um, yeah, Kevin Roth is uh, knows how to cook a pig as well. He does some smoked ribs. Their fish, probably one of their signature dishes, their whole fried fish is tremendous, but their pork as well and their, their smoked pork ribs that he smokes for hours and hours is tremendous. I had um, the smoked pork yeah. and, and Yenny had this, the, the fish. We ate there a couple times. We were shooting this um, the Baby Moon movie over there, so we got to hang out with them several times. And uh, it, Another great place to mix and mingle with people on the island. You, you go to some places where the locals are not happy to mix with the tourists. <laughs> I'm thinking of Hawaii primarily. Yes, um, yeah. And, but it's completely the opposite in Puerto Rico. So you get the tropical, you get the beaches, you get the sun, you get this delicious food and these smiling, happy people. Well, Puerto people. Rican people are Caribbean. You know, everybody in the Caribbean is like that. Cubans are like that too. I mean, you can't really go there now. but Well, we can. <laughs> you just don't want to go. Um, so a lot of great places to go. Uh, there's been some political turmoil recently. The island filed for bankruptcy. H how does that affect tourism? It's Is it good for people that want to come and spend money? Is it bad? Is there strife? Is this a good time to visit as a tourist, timing-wise? I think so. I think that most tourists wouldn't feel the effects of the economy. Yeah, and uh, Puerto Ricans are very happy people. Yeah. So even if, you know, what are you going to do, cry? No, you're going to go out and party. So even if the... the, the you know. <laughs> I mean, That's the Cuban perspective. It is. You know, the restaurants are still full. Yeah. And I mean, one of the one of the biggest tourist locations to stay in, Condado, it's, kind, it's a mix between people that live in, you know, high-rise buildings, but also a lot of um, luxe hotels that are there. Um, there are some phenomenal restaurants over that way um, that are that are thriving. So you know you'll get places like Cocina Abierta um, by Chef Martin Lusal. You have Yantar. You have a very famous one called Picayo. There, there is um, Parcela, which is a very exciting restaurant. That and everybody uh, there speaks English. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that you can go and you can walk down Ashford Avenue. You can cruise this strip as a tourist, and you have all of these 
phenomenal dining options. You've got 1919 in the, the Vanderbilt Hotel. The Vanderbilt was renovated last year um, and is in is be, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, property. And you I can think go we and went see there that. for uh, we went there we for did. a drink, yeah, and it, it is absolutely stunning. But um, it's also isn't it like a five five star five diamond hotel? It is, yeah, and that's you know for as much as you know there's an economic downturn, there are still these five star options. I mean, there is also the Dorado Ritz Carlton Reserve. It's one of the only, um, I think I think five five star is what it is five star um, Ritz Carlton properties in the world. There's one in Bali. There's one here. So you have these ultra luxe places that are that are that are you know that you can go to if you want to as well. Do you know you have any Michelin um, starred restaurants? We, I do not believe that we do, no. Okay. But it's still a stellar place to go and a really great way to experience the Caribbean. And if you go, you definitely want to look up Carolyn and Spoon Tours because we had a fantastic day with you. And uh, and they to, know everything, how to customize the trip for you. And you go where the locals go. I, we really got yeah. the sense of... Uh, going behind the scenes and meeting people and meeting your friends as you took us around the neighborhood and got some delicious food. That was really the best uh, part about it. It was really a great tour. Oh, so great. we thank you for coming on the show. We thank you for shedding a little light onto uh, Puerto Rico. We're going to put all the um, contacts and all the different restaurants Carolyn was talking about. We'll put that uh, on our site in my Huffington Post uh, travel blog. So if you missed the name of a restaurant or location, uh, check us out there. And hopefully, Carolyn, we will see you again soon. It was a pleasure. You guys come down anytime and do a tour with us. We loved having you. So a little bit of uh, financial strife going on right here in Puerto Rico right now, but they're working through it, and the people are so wonderful and um, welcoming and uh, open. You know, everyone's a hugger and everyone's sweet. And and everyone speaks both languages, Spanish and English. Yeah, actually, it's easier to understand people in San Juan than it is in Miami. <laughs> no one in Miami oh, speaks English. you're going to go there? No one's no one speaks. Really? When we go there, I'm... That's because you go to Hialeah. In Hialeah, they have signs up that say, we speak English. Yeah, well, no one speaks. I'm telling you, it was easier for me to communicate in San Juan than it is in Miami. Both my people places. build that place. My people can do whatever they want in that place. Listen, I loved it and, and all the places that Carolyn took us were fantastic. The Puerto Rican coffee and the uh, the, uh, the fungo was delicious. Mm. Um, you can find all the links to all the places that she talked about on our website, which is uh, forkontheroadshow.com. You can also find photos and more information in my uh, Huffington Post travel blog. And just look up the uh, Puerto Rico uh, blog post, and uh, there's a lot of cool stuff to do in there. And if you're there, go check all these places out, and don't miss out on the Arecibo. Mm-hmm. Also, another piece of mine on the Huffington Post travel blog about the Arecibo Observatory. It's a fantastic place. It's ginormous, and we've got a really great tour with those scientists. And afterwards, there was a huge thunderstorm that happened, and we got locked in a van with these six high school kids who were there on their summer internship, and they were so entertaining and uplifting, we just had to share them. Take a listen. Tell me your name and the name of your school group. Wilfredo Dilan, Radiant School in Calle, Puerto Rico. My name is Kenneth Motter. I am from Escuela Vocacional. 
um, Antonio Rucchetti. My name is Angelique Marie Arzola Roig, and I'm from the specialized school in science and math called Coroim. And who are you dressed as? I'm dressed as Spock. My name is Cara Cabrera, and my school is Colegio San Rafael in Quebradillas, Puerto Rico. I would imagine most kids are out having a good time at pool parties and goofing off. You guys are at the Arecibo Observatory looking at a giant telescope. Goofing around and having it. Not exactly goofing Why do you waste your time with science? Well, it's not wasting time. Yeah, we're not exactly goofing around. This is hard work. What are you doing? Kiara and I are doing a scientific research in engineering. Wilfredo, if I'm not wrong, is doing scientific research in biology, right? And I'm research on what's called here PSCR, which is psychosocial cultural research. And all this research link up into space and how it can, you know, make space travel or space colony better. Space colonies? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question. You guys are all in high school, right? Yeah, yes. we are. Hey, let's say you're walking down the road one night, a spaceship lands in front of you and says, okay, we're not going to hurt you. You can get in, but we're probably not bringing you back. Or if we do bring you back, it'll be a hundred years from now. Would you get in and go? First, I would, like, take a selfie and send it to Luisa, our administrator, and then I would probably get in and... <laughs> Good idea. So all of you would get in and go? No. Why wouldn't you go? Um, not, there's actually no guarantee that I will not be harmed. Columbus had no guarantee that he was going to make it when he got in his boat, though. Yeah. But he got in the boat. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but um, NASA actually sent a message from this very place. It's called the Arecibo um, Observatory Message. And it was beamed to the stars. Yeah, yeah, I had like messages of like basic shapes of the human DNA. DNA, DNA and the location of Earth. And they used the binary code to do that. Now, why would they do something like that? To see if we can contact intelligent extraterrestrial life. Intelligence. Yeah. The SERAI project, which the Arecibo Observatory is part of, the SERAI project stands for Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Or when the, when the spaceship landed, what would be the first question you asked the beings inside? Why? from how did you get here like, why is there did you want me to come with you and what are you gonna do think they'd answer you truthfully i don't think they would well you got to assume if they're here like they're, been, they're smarter than us yeah. the most logical thing they would want from a human is to learn of course because she is dressed like spa <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they will like try to see if they can take like an, an ambassador just like from earth to see if they took you landing. wouldn't it convince, confuse them because you would get to their planet and then would you be an earthling would you be a Vulcan it would be so confusing you'd no, mess up would, their data she would still be a human but well, yeah, she's human. dressed as a Vulcan I'm dressed as you a science officer not, not specifically oh, okay. Okay. so you ask them why are you here what do you want where are you from? Where are you from? Where do you think they'd be from? Andromeda. Not, that's, Andromeda. Andromeda is a really good place. Which is like oh, the closest no. galaxy. It could be from our very own system because we also have a um, large quantity of stars and planets that It'd might probably be from like Europa. Or galaxies. Or Europa's are actually a really good place because we know there's water there. Then yes. they'd be aquatic. That's a, a possibility. I, don't, I mean, something that we should be also looking for is not just life like we know it, but we should also like expand our horizons of different types of, of life or yes. intelligent life, like aquatic intelligent life. So basically, we don't know diddly about how yeah. the universe works. Uh, exactly. Just a little scrap, huh? Yeah. We, do. we not even maybe scratching the surface. Why are you interested in learning more? Does it really matter? Isn't it more important to know what Kim Kardashian is doing today? That is pretty important. <laughs> but, <laughs> 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 and pop culture. You know, the reason why I, I am interested, I'm pretty sure I can talk, I speak for everyone here. Humans, by nature, they, or we believe, we need to know everything. And for you to know, you know almost absolutely nothing about such a broad and important subject. 
really drives me crazy. And <laughs> that's why I'm here, and that's why I hope to get even farther and even possibly contribute and be able to answer some of these questions for you, like, more specifically and in, in a more accurate way. How old are you now? 16 now. What do you want to be doing when you're 40? In August, um, uh, I was given this opportunity, and I really didn't consider myself, like, a, a science-bound person. And I was, like, I was thinking about, like, pursuing careers in, I don't know, like, law or um, government or something like that. But when I got here, I, I met these guys, and um, and I met the faculty, and I realized how like science people are like pretty cool people, and they're not the stereotypical nerds. But everyone who, thinks they're nerdy goofballs. Nerd they, is now a good thing. <laughs> we but are have, nerdy goofballs. But, but yeah, yeah. when you get yes. to know them, that's, that gets to be a pretty cool thing. In the future, like when I'm 40, I hope I find a way to mix like all my interests and mix a. Uh, the talents these people have with talents other people have who, who on first instant wouldn't come here because of that stereotypical nerd thing. It's solving the mystery. Like right now, we're starting right now and we don't know what we know, but we don't know anything. Like everything's so big. We don't even know what we don't know. Exactly. <laughs> we only know that we know nothing. We know that we don't So know. it's all a mystery. <laughs> so if it takes... <laughs> If it takes hundreds of years to make a simple car, imagine study space. So we got to start somewhere. Right. And that's where the initiative comes in, where you bring in more people like, hey, we got to start somewhere. Let's really go piece by piece. And the mystery and the curiosity is what brings everything together and what makes us more interested in space. Not because we're all nerds or geeks and we like math, but because it's, it's human nature. We really want to learn at least a bit more. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that we can learn from space can actually help the human race no. evolve. For instance? Like, for example, we can learn uh, different ways to harness energy from space. Like, for example, I don't know, uh, creating little stars in laboratories or something that would create, like, renewable energy. We could actually fight infinite energy, which has been an uh, issue that the scientific community has tried to solve but hasn't been able to. We could find that. We could find different ways to use nuclear fission. And that's also why we have to push forward our boundaries and try to go into space, like, break and go to that final frontier. Where else could we go? to say stuff like that and people actually listen to us and yeah. maybe kind of understand or be interested in what we're saying because the way I see it everyone has like this nerdy side everybody does everybody's kind of interested in science and math and whatever but a lot of people are, are good at hiding it or they think they're good at hiding it and or here too embarrassed to ask questions exactly and here is a place where you are free to expose that side because that side eventually is the side that makes scientific breakthrough makes the iPhone you know that's the side that, that changes human, human race changes humanity but I don't understand why people want to hide it you see and this place is incredible because it's possibly like the only place ever I can come here, say what I really am interested in. Even though I'm not nearly as scientifically knowledgeable as these guys, I still fit right in. Because you only have to be open to say what you think and to absorb what they say also. And that's what's really magical about this place. And, and they totally picked you four to talk to us, so you guys must be the uber elite. elite. Who's but, Kirk? Who's she's Kirk. Kirk. She's Kirk? Yeah. You agree with that, guys? Sure. Am Kirk I the only Spock? person in this car who hasn't I mean, seen Star Trek? What? <laughs> what? Oh. You've never seen Star Trek? No. Oh, you have. Ever? Okay. Not even the movies? No. The you see, I'm a practical person. Like All the stuff you've been talking about, about inspiring and open people's minds, Gene Roddenberry did that in the 60s when, when there was knew. nothing. And the first interracial kiss on TV was on that show. 
he was dealing with stuff that was going on in society at the time that they couldn't talk about on TV. So instead of having black and white people fighting, he had green people fighting yellow people. Practical use of science. On the Jetsons, we also have examples. Like what? Automatic dog walker? Duh. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that your idea? <laughs> yeah, we had an engineering idea about creating a robot that could automatically walk dogs or clean the. This was just the a treadmill, That's a and the dog idea. would walk on the that treadmill. Meant. I'm normally very, very, very cynical about the world and where we're headed, but man, if you guys are in charge, I'm feeling a lot right. better. Talking about Star Trek, like I said before, that's that's like a start. Also, not just in TV shows, but in novels like Ray Bradbury that he wrote like a bunch of science fiction novels. Kurt Vonnegut. Yes, yeah, like those were all ideas yeah. that even some of those ideas, they are part of our normal daily lives. A classical example is Jules Verne. So you yeah. got to start somewhere. That's, that's why we're all interested. You got to start somewhere. Hey, every piece of technology that we have in our hands today started as an idea in some nerd's brain at some point in the past. Everything. Nerds rule the world. Don't you feel like your faith has been renewed? Your faith in the world has been renewed? Yes, yeah. Those are great kids. They were funny. They were so hopeful and intelligent. Uh, they they made so me feel... Cute. Yeah, they were great. Great. And, and it's a definite... If you're anywhere near Puerto Rico, you should go. It's about a 40-minute drive outside of Old Town San Juan. It's mostly highway driving. Very easy. Great spot to go. Lots of great history there. And... The dish, just a giant dish in the middle of nowhere that they're doing some amazing work. And if you see the dish moving, run. Get the hell out of the way. Uh, well, that wraps up our show from here in beautiful Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Devotion. Follow us at Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and at Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram. And check out the contest. Tweet us. Instagram us. Hashtag AFOTR. Send us your funny videos and photos, and the most retweeted and liked will win. And check out all information on my Huffington Post travel blog. And, of course, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and now on Orbits.com on the Orbits travel blog, which is hopefully where you're listening to us right now. Which is Orbits.com slash blog. Find us there. There you go. We are, sadly, you got to leave Puerto Rico right now. So until next time, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Yeni Alvarez. And we'll see you on a fork on the road. No es tan fácil Y lo lancé con ilusión Kamikaze Y caí como un adoquín En aguas de esta vieja pena Tú no ves, tú no Pasó hace mucho tiempo Y terminó en aquel momento Cuando en tu boca hay el sabor Azucarado del dolor Debo admitir, no pude con Mi orgullo de hombre y cazador Burlado por la más inofensiva presa Esa fue un boom 